Hello, once again, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. I am accompanied by my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merck. I'm here. And finally, once again, we have the man, Kyle Budzanowski. I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bummer. All right, let's just jump right into it, guys. We have so much to go over today. I, I mean, I can't even describe how much stuff we got to go over. We've got... The Lions big win in Philly, right? And what yeah. do we think about this team kind of going forward? We've got Urban Meyer or Jim Harbaugh. That debate between Michigan fans is clearly becoming something that we need to talk about. We've got the PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 is out. So we will list the number one wrestler in the world this year, Mike, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Uh, we've got John Morrison. He's potentially re-signing with the WWE as well as some other moves that WWE is making in anticipation for AEW's debut. And at the end of the show, we're going to talk some Tiger talking about how great that season was kind of, sort of, not really. But we'll we'll try and figure it out and pull some positives out of there if we can. But let's jump right into it, though, guys. We talked last week a little bit, Mike, you and I did, about what would happen, what would you think if they win in Philadelphia, right? Lions pull out the, pull out the W. Um, they kind of steal one. They gave every possible chance to give the damn game away, as they typically do, and like to give me a heart attack. Um, but I'm going to start with you, Mike. How big of a win was this? Um, this win was actually pretty big <clears throat> yeah. for us in general. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the season, we had our polls that we did up um, preseason, and mm-hmm. we all had them losing to the Eagles. Right. Every Absolutely. single one of us. Absolutely. So winning that game puts us at two wins. Mm-hmm. Most people had us maybe at one and three, maybe at two and two if we're really mm-hmm. lucky about mm-hmm. it. And now you're sitting at two oh and one mm-hmm. going into week four. Right. So this is probably the best case scenario that you can look at into the start of the season yes and it's the bulk of our schedule so it's not the yeah. it's not like oh you beat the giants redskins and cardinal or right or, or, cardinals, or the raiders or, or, or the raiders or right. whatever uh you <clears throat> have this easy first four game schedule now you're gonna go play the chiefs in week nine and all these later teams you're playing really with the bulk of who you're really gonna play early besides maybe dallas later right. in the year right you're out of conference or out of division stuff as early this year and you're 2-0-1 going out of it so mm-hmm. it's a good start and i'm proud yeah uh, mike or kyle sorry what, what what do you think how big was this win i know we i know you guys watched it together um what what was your impressions i mean it were you a expecting them to get the, to get the win right i know they were a little you know beaten up i get that but at the same time, you're still in Philadelphia. You're still going against a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, right? Carson Wentz is healthy. Um, how big of a win was it in your book? I think it was a pretty big win in the big scheme of things. Mm-hmm. I think that the Philadelphia is a little overrated. They do have injuries. But in the big scheme of things, it's it's obviously a win is a win. It's yeah. good to win. Mm-hmm. But it, obviously you got this, and then you're going to have a little the, the especially Kansas City. Right. It was a good statement, even though they they, they almost blew it. Yeah. But it was a good statement when, when uh, go, and now you're going to play Kansas City at right. home. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's not not even good for just the scheme of things, but just for their, their own selves. Like, right, and I think, too, here's the thing, right, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a second. Um, but like I said, right, they almost blew that game. But here's a stat, though, I don't think people are really, I, I mean, I, everyone talks about how Philadelphia had seven drops, how they had this and that, whatever else like that. But the Lions secondary, at the end of that game, Wentz went two for seven for seven yards in the last two drives of that game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Two for seven for seven yards. That right there is a dramatic improvement because I, I can probably speak for all of us when I say I was expecting a big play to happen yeah. where someone gets lost in coverage, somebody blitzes when they're not supposed something happens and some guys left wide open in the back of the end zone, and Wentz finds it. There, well, there are two 
things to that one it's better to be lucky than good Absolutely. because you say well he only threw for seven yards yeah and the game-winning pass that he threw he was oh, yeah. relatively open and right. the ball wasn't even touched he just dropped the pass right, right. like if he catches that oh, i know sure. rochelle melvin was there right and right. maybe put a hand up to right. get in his Kinda face tra- yeah, right. but yeah. at the grand scheme of things the ball hit him right in the chest yeah so if he catches that it's a touchdown and then it's a whole different story at that right. point so i'd rather be lucky than good at that point mm-hmm. And two, I think this Eagles and Chargers win. I think when you look later in the season, mm-hmm. you're going to look back and be like, they beat the Eagles and Chargers. It's not going to be, oh, they beat up a really crappy, right. really hurt Chargers and right. Philly team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you beat the Eagles. Right, absolutely. Like at the end of the season, yes. week And that's 15, a big 16. game, especially because Philly just beat Green Bay. Yeah. That's so, a yeah, you win. go into week 16 and 15 or whatever, right. and you go, remember way back when they beat the Eagles? Like, yeah. that was a big win for them right. to get to this point exactly. they're at right now. Exactly. And you're not going to remember, oh, well, they had mm-hmm. all their guys, their starting right. wide receivers out. That's not a point that's yeah, going to be ex- made later. Exactly. And here's the thing. And we're, we're, we've seen now some Lions Nation is kind of starting to come out of the woodwork a little bit, right? And they're, and they're really starting to get behind this team. Rightfully so or not, it's yet to be determined. Uh, but the national media is not. They're not behind this team at all, right? Tony Dungy uh, and Rodney Harrison made it very clear that this team is not a very good football team, and they hate everything that they do, basically. Um, uh, and some other national pundits, too, have kind of said the same thing, where they're like, oh, it's more about the Eagles than it was the Lions. It may be true, but at the end of the day, like you said, win is a win. What is it going to take for you, unless you already do, to believe in this team, right? To get on this bandwagon, right? Like, even some guys from 97 on the ticket are jumping on this bandwagon a little bit, and that never happens. So they got to start 5-0 and and blow everybody out for them to even give them any sort of credit. So, I mean, what is it going to take for you to kind of jump, unless you're already there, and if you are, why are you there? Uh, I'm not there yet. I still think that this team could blunder because of their run defense mm-hmm. um, later in the year. Yeah. However, I do think that you can make a statement on the Chiefs this mm-hmm. week. Absolutely. Um, we'll talk about them in a second. Yeah, yeah, obviously, when you guys hear this, it'll be Monday and it'll be afterwards. So yeah, we don't right. know the outcome of this game. We're recording on a Saturday. Yep. Um, but I think if you go in, and even if you lose, because yeah. this is not a game where you can ask 100 people. You're playing house money. Yeah, right 98 people out of the 100 would be like, yeah, Chiefs win. Yeah. And maybe two people that are very optimistic might go, yeah, I think the Lions could win. So me and one other guy. You and one other person. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think if you can play a competitive, like, yeah. 30 to 20, 30 to 25, you know, 34, 24 type game, and you just look like, wow, that was a they hung game. in there. They hung, they in, hung there. in there. You know, Chiefs beat them at the end. Yeah. But you get hung in for three and a half quarters, mm-hmm. three and three quarters or whatever. Right, absolutely. I think then you can go, you play with arguably the top three team in the league right now. Yeah. That's really good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what right. I think that's what I'm expecting. I'm not expecting now if you get blown out like forty two to seven. Right. Then you're like, okay, clearly. Maybe maybe some... you're not in that area yet. Right, but, exactly. Exactly. Kyle, same question to you, right? Are you are you on the bandwagon already? If you're not, what do you need to see? And if you are, why? What what is it gonna take for what would you tell Lions fans who maybe are a little like hesitant to jump on this bandwagon? You know, here's here's the positives or, or what do you need to see? Um I'm not fully like Moses said, I'm not fully on the bandwagon just yet. I think mm-hmm. you need to see at least a little bit more against some quality teams before you could really jump on a bandwagon. But I think like what Michael said, even if you make a, a 
a game against Kansas City close, mm-hmm. where it's like a three score, like three point, one touchdown lead, like yeah. you could argue like yeah, they can be legit, mm-hmm. and then that's when you could start show, showing some of these people nationally like right for they, sure they can compete. They've yeah. beaten the teams that they need to beat, except for Arizona, obviously. Right, but that's different. But they didn't lose. But they didn't they lose. They, lose. they didn't lose. That's and the that's the you big played thing. with the teams that you needed to beat. You've beaten some teams, mm-hmm. even Kansas City. Even if you lose by three points, you're like okay, right? We're, we we can we're there. We can compete with those yeah. teams. They, if they go down the field, if it's tight, if it's like 34-34 and Kansas City drives down the field and kicks a game-winning field goal, yeah, you, go, gonna be mad. you go, we right. did our best there. It's the best right. team in the league and you lost by three. Well, here, I guess here's do? my question for you guys then. Now, Mike, I'll start with you and then Kyle, I'll come back to you. If the record is 2-1-1, how do you feel about this team? They lose to Kansas City. Just, it doesn't matter what the score is. They lose. How, how do you feel about um, this team going into the bye week? I'm optimistic because of how I thought they would start. Right. I, was, yeah, I thought, I thought of a 1-3, and, yeah. and you're going 2-1-1. One, and one, So yeah. you could give it 3-1. You could put it at 2-2, two and two, however you want to see that Cardinals game go. Right. But it's a better start. Right. And I always look at it from last year. As you go, you start off 1-3 and three last year, and you had abysmal first two games. These first three games now, right. you actually look competent, and you yes. won two of them. Exactly. So I think from where you started, and you saw last year, right. they just rose. Right. They never really went down. Absolutely. They just rose. So if you continue to rise from where you're at now, mm-hmm. I'm optimistic, but I would wish for a right. little bit. I think, and here's the thing too. I think you made a great point last week when you said they started out at like a negative 44 on the scale of competent, yeah. right? And by the end of it, right, they were like you a know two, four, yeah. five, whatever. Now they're already starting out at that two, three level, and you can see there's yeah. some progression. If they if they beat the Chiefs, let's just once again this is being recorded before the game, right? But just as a hypothetical, they start out three zero and one. How do you feel going into the bye? Are you like? Let's go. I mean, like, I like, there's expectations now that have been set. Like, you, yeah. you better make the playoffs. I, I now. won't. I won't say there. I mean, I think there are expectations you have to make the playoffs if you start your first quarter of the season with right. three, three wins, wins and, and no losses. Really, right. uh, three and a half wins yeah. at that point. Um, <laughs> three and, and a half. But and I half. do expect. I do expect great game plans the rest of the year because if you could beat Kansas City, it's going to be due to. Your right. game plan mm-hmm. It's going to be the, the you ran the scheme. You ran the ball. You stopped them on defense. You know, right. it's a forced to turn over at a, at a crucial time. Exactly. Right. So at that point, I'm like, that's what I'm expecting. Even if you don't beat Green Bay twice or you don't beat Chicago, I don't expect you to beat all these teams twice mm-hmm. or Dallas even. But if, as long as you just play with them mm-hmm. and you, it's very close games and you can see, yeah, they are playing with them. Right. And then you beat down the teams that you should beat, like the right. Giants, Redskins. Absolutely. That's that's what I'm expecting if you beat the Chiefs. Is okay. You're Ka- probably on a better level. No, I, I, I'm, I'm in total lockstep with you. Kyle, same question to you. They lose. They start up 2-1-1. One, one. How do you feel going into the bye? Let's say, worst case scenario, they lose. Um, what what? How do you feel? Are you are you kind of just like okay? Let's just. Are you still wait and see? Or or I mean, how are you feeling going into the bye, knowing the big Monday night matchup that loons with Green Bay? I'm feeling, depending on how the game goes. Obviously, I'm feeling decently well. If they like lose like fifty six to zero, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, no. <laughs> that's, that's they year. fooled us again. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if they if they if they're at least competitive, win yeah. or lose, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm gonna stay optimistic. Yeah, and I think the rest of the kind of the country will become optimistic with this team. Like, wow, they're 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 a competitive team. No, I like, would I would disagree with that statement. I think that the Lions almost have to win this game for any national coverage to be like. Oh, they're legit. Because if they lose by five points like Baltimore did last year, I don't think anybody goes, 
like, oh, well, they played with them. You know yeah. what I mean? Because no one's ever actually going to watch that game. But you can look game. at it this year and right. that Baltimore game. Right. Because you're like, they're kind of there. Right. I think, like, people eat, I just. I, I just think people give Baltimore eat. more credence just because they've done it before. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Baltimore's won important football games where we haven't. Yeah. So I don't blame national media necessarily, but I do think that even if it's close, they're just going to yeah. go, oh, well, Mahomes had a bad day. Or or, or whatever. Yeah. Right? Whatever the case yeah. is. Not that the Lions played well. You know what I mean? It's always the other team has to do something wrong for us to do something well. If they win. How are you feeling going into the bye? I'm feeling fantastic. <laughs> of course I'm feeling fantastic. We just beat Right, yeah. They're probably the second best team. I'm going to say New England's the best still, but probably the second best team in the league if, if, if they do that. Yeah. I'm kind of with you guys, right? I think as long as it's somewhat a respectable game, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, a, not an absolute drudging like the last time we played them. It was just like, good Lord. You know, and that was with Alex Smith, at quarterback, for goodness sakes. So if they can go in... They can, you know, play with them, hang with them, don't do anything stupid. It's just it would be it would be better off if, you know, we would at least show some some competency out on the field. Similarly, if they win, right, then it's like, all right, all hands on deck. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Where I think the expectations are playoffs, you should be competing for the division championship. Like things that were unobtainable, I think, to a lot of people around the around the nation about what this Lions team could do immediately starts the conversation over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? They start out 3-0-1 in probably the hardest part of their schedule outside of their division games because that division is still very tough. Like, that's that's saying something, in yeah. my opinion. You know what I mean? So hopefully they don't falter down the road, and hopefully they can maybe steal a win somehow. All right, let's shift now uh, to some Michigan talk. Uh, uh, you know, Kyle wasn't here when we uh, when we talked Wisconsin, unfortunately. Uh, I know he probably had a lot of hot takes. He went and mm-hmm. went on a bender, drank a lot of Kool-Aid jammers, and washed his sorrows away. Mm-hmm. But um, Michigan's... Season outlook, obviously a little murky as of this moment, right? Clearly they aren't going undefeated, duh. But they're also probably not going to beat teams like Ohio State or Penn State or something like that. Um, It it has a lot of fans now clamoring for Urban Meyer, a.k.a. Satan. Um, Do you want want Urban Meyer? I'm going to ask you, Kyle, Michigan man. I mean, if, if you had to choose... Would you rather have Jim Harbaugh and you believe that he can he can get it back on track? And if you do, we'll talk about it in a second. Or if, you, if you're like, nope, it's time. He hasn't got it done. Let's bring in the one guy who, no matter what program he goes to, for whatever reason, sanctions and all, wins the national championship. I, actually, I saw this, and yeah. I thought about it a lot, actually. <clears throat> There's no rumor, let's be clarified. There's no, no rumor that he's coming or anything like that. It's just more just, you know, speculation. Down rumors, yeah, yeah, speculation. And and I he saw said that this. about Ohio State, too, and then... Six months later, he's the coach. So, <laughs> and I'm I was, I was like, oh god. I mean, like, if I could get a coach with that skill and that scheming and that just ability to coach mm-hmm. and recruit and stuff, but not the Urban Meyer name, only <laughs> <laughs> one damn good coach to have. But I, I just being a Michigan fan, I just can't say that I want him on my team. I, I just yeah. can't. I know right. it'd probably be amazing for the team, but I just can't say. It. Even, I mean, if he did. He's not going to dog it until he sees the results, yeah. right? Same question to you, Mike. Do, do you want Urban Meyer? Like, if you had, like, you're like, okay, are you done? Are you one of the fans? I think fans are overreacting just a smidge still. I get it. Like, it, you, I think people 
assumed that like it, it, Michigan is a lot like the Dallas Cowboys in college, where everybody thinks that they're always going to be really good, and then they turn out and they're just kind of average more times mm-hmm. than not. If mm-hmm. we're being, you know, if we're looking at the totality of it, um, so I think a lot of national media was like, "No, Michigan's Final Four team." So everybody was like, "Oh man, we didn't, we're not going to lose a step. We lost all these starters on defense. Nah, it's going to be fine. We're just yeah. going to fill in. Shea Patterson's going to be bonanza, and it's going to be awesome." And that's not happened. So I think people are freaking out a little bit, but. We're more calm here on the show, so I'm going to ask Mike. <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather have Urban Meyer right now? Like, would you just be like, all right, let's cut our losses. Harbaugh, thanks for coming home, but it didn't work out. Go do whatever. Urban, come on in, buddy. Um, I'm going to say no, and here's why. No. Um, I think Michigan's just a cursed place to coach right now. And that's a great. I was about to say that. Sounds great. That's great it's honestly that. though because you look at it and you go. Like, so Jim Harbaugh's been successful everywhere. Everywhere out, he's been. Except here. Exactly. Urban Meyer's been successful everywhere he's been. Right. He comes here, I doubt he'll be very successful. It's just like how Michigan is. Yeah. So I don't think getting Urban Meyer, even though how great of everyone says if coach he is, yeah. I don't think he'll be able to turn it around. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to say no. I, I really yeah. just want a new, like, that's what, and like something like the Rams did in NFL or whatever, is I just want that fresh, new, young mind, like a 30-something-year-old guy come in and just revamp everything. And, and you know what's funny? What what's want. funny is, and I think it's part if of the struggle, too, I think I think Michigan tried to do that in a sense, right, with Josh Gaddis. I really yeah. think that they went, okay, the offense that we have isn't putting up enough points, right? I give Harbaugh credit for realizing, okay, maybe we can't play power football like we used to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. Even, in, even in the NFL... I don't think that system worked now like it did even 10 years ago, right? I just don't. You know what I mean? I think when he, he was in the perfect scenario in San Francisco, good old line, good running back, you know what I mean? Um, but here, I, I think he tried to change the system. I just don't think, and, and maybe this is a little bit of the Michigan homer in me, though, I don't think he's got the players to run this system. If no. you look at this roster and how it was built, what uh, the offensive line right is supposed to be good. It's played terribly. You have a ton of tight ends. You don't have depth at wide receiver at all. No depth at wide receiver whatsoever. Your running back, your running backs are average. I mean, I get Charbonnet had a couple good games, but on the on in, to, in total, he has not played very well. And your quarterback's not very good. So all those things wrapped into yeah. this offense. And as you made before, this offense is going to take more than three weeks to kind of gel together. Yeah. Well, I do think, <clears throat> and to that point, I don't yeah. think this. Um, yeah, I just don't, like it's unfair to go. Mm-hmm. You have the system that Harbaugh. You scout people and you get for this power system that he had, right. and so then you're running back and then you change OCs, and now it's oh we're gonna spread and pass, but all your guys are made for right downhill ground and pound, so third and long play. I don't I don't think it's fair to go Harbaugh. You're an awful coach when right. his all his whole scouting system has mm-hmm. changed. Now it's basically like he's like a new head coach almost mm-hmm. with this new system, right? And he's gonna have to rescout and revamp right. the team. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to give it at least a year, yeah. If you're gonna revamp, are you the are you already? Let's. This is kind of a subtopic, but how are you feeling about Josh Gaddis, right? Because I think they did try to get that young, hot offensive mind, right? He was the co OC last year for Bama, mm-hmm. right? I mean, are you are you in any way, shape, or form like already done with it? Like I'm already kind of done with Don Brown, if you want me to be honest with you. Yeah. I think that experiment's done. I think it looked good on paper, but you there's no flexibility in that game plan whatsoever. I think they need to get somebody younger, like like you're saying, on yeah. the defensive side of the ball, but offensively because that is such a glaring 
like, oh my gosh, thing. How are you feeling about Josh Gaddis? Do you think that they need to need to cut ties now, or do you want to give it more time? I think they should at least give it to the end of the year to mm-hmm. to see. Like, my I I thought I thought about it for after that game for like basically till now is yeah. Like when they were in spring practice, you know, fall training, blah 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 blah. When they like practice, because nobody else saw it, but when they practiced, I like were they a like lying to us when they said oh. This is this is this is the next you know. Well, Rams everything offense. everything that comes out of those kind of camps is always going to be positive, right? Like every training camp, every time you know, we talk about training camp for the line, wow, they look really good. You know, that first offense looked really good. Okay, so our first defense looked crappy. Then is yeah. that what you're saying? So you know what I mean? It's hard to, and I, I'm with you, right? Because that's the only stuff we get from fans is okay. Well, you know. MGoBlue.com said that Shea Patterson looks like the greatest quarterback since Joe Montana. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's hard to read into that, but we continue. Or like, did they like? Just, did they see that and they're like, yeah, this is this is it. This right. Like, this they thought that they mm-hmm. like saw something insane. I mean, my only theory. Look, this is actually kind of thought about this, but like, I was thinking like, what if like, okay, so you have Michigan's offense who's has been played like garbage so far. Mm-hmm. Michigan's defense who's has also played like garbage. Played like garbage. Clear. Yeah. Has they like in practice? They're both just so garbage that it makes the other team look good. Yeah, I, I'm sure it does, honestly. Like, oh, maybe score it on our defense, so the offense has to be – Shea Patterson has to be the next greatest thing. Right. I, I think that – I think they're in a weird transition period, and I think people are overreacting a little bit. I, I, I've, ne- we've all, we've, I've never been a Shea Patterson guy, but in, in, in defense of Harbaugh, I don't think Harbaugh forgot how to coach football. Mm-mm. I think people are thinking that he just lost it. Like he's lost the, the fire, the passion to want to win. I don't see that. I, what I see is I see him in a weird spot where he goes, crap. I wanted to reinvent the offense. I basically gave the keys to my offense mm-hmm. to Josh Gass. I gave the keys to my defense, Don Brown. I'm just kind of being that CEO type of guy where I'm just trying to oversee it all. And, and people that I've hired that I thought could do the job are failing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think that he's forgotten how to coach. He's still a great recruiter and everything else like that. I just think that he no longer – I don't think they have the team built the way that I think that they thought they had it constructed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think they have the skill. And here's the also a problem is when – They're pretty is, young. Too, the offense, be, be the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. They have problems. One, they just can't hold on to football. So That's obviously. true. Absolutely. But I think that once you get down or you, the mm-hmm. game plan's not working, they have nothing back to fall on. No. They don't, have a, they don't have a plan B. No. Like, so like, Got to stick with it. So like – Ohio State, they can go, okay, so we're going to test this out, mm-hmm. and if we're down 10 nothing, 17 nothing, we we're best. just going to go back to spread offense, throw the ball around, run around right. with our quarterback, and then try to pull out the win and try it again next week. Michigan goes, okay, so we're going to try to spread the ball out and throw around and stuff. If that doesn't work, okay, let's go back to ground and pound, even though we don't have the guys for that anymore, because now we're trying to get these spread guys in. Right. They don't really have... Right, and the ground and pound's not working and the because your offensive line is... Awful. awful. So now awful, it's like, awful, awful. so now you don't have something to go back to. So now it's like, all right, now we're going to have to force the spread to work, mm-hmm. even though you're down 17 0 or 21 0 against Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. well, what right. else do we have? Right. You can't go back to anything. So. I don't think you have good enough skill possession. I don't think you have good enough skill receivers, skill possession players to run this offense right now. I think People Jones is good. I think Tariq Black is okay. But after that, you can't name me a guy who's like, wow, that's a that's a premier, premier talent. Like, you can't. Not right now. You can't. Like, look at their offensive output. <coughs> Excuse me. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's no. there. I really, really don't think it's there. Okay, that's gonna be it for part one. After the break, we're gonna be talking some PWI. We're gonna be talking John Morrison resigning with the WWE potentially, as well as some other changes that the World Wrestling Entertainment is making. And we're gonna end the show on some Tiger Talk slash Major League Baseball preview. Lots of great stuff coming up in part two. Stick around. Hey guys, this is your I'm Always Right 24-7 champion, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeke. Just reminding you once again that we are live every single Monday at 7 a.m. with a brand new content, a brand new episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. And if you can't find it on your favorite streaming site, let us know by going to I'mAlwaysRightPC.com, our very own website where you can find all the latest news, all this latest episodes, and make sure while you're there, go to that Watch the Show tab and go subscribe to that YouTube channel. It helps us out immensely. And also hit up that contact page to become officially a member of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast family. Now here's part two of episode 44. Hello, welcome back to another, I mean, it's not another, I guess, part two. I, I yeah, was going to go with another, another one. Not, not another one intro yet. I know, I was so excited. I was just like, I was so excited for part two. I just thought it was a... Another episode, so so much great content here that we yeah. provide on the show every yeah, single I, I week. I totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind. All right, let's jump right into it, though. PWI 500 is out. Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the magazine, they do it every year. They've been doing it, I think, since like the early 90s, late 80s, I think. Yes, um, guys who have been the number one uh, pro wrestler, That's it's based on a whole bunch of different criteria, win-loss record, championships, impact on the business, um, what shows they've worked for, what companies they've worked for, all that stuff. Right? Usually, a lot of times, it's WWE guy That's on top yeah. usually but in in their defense though it's the biggest company in the world you're the top guy in that yeah. company it kind of makes sense right guys who have been the pro wrestling illustrated number one wrestler in the world include guys like um john cena's done it uh uh hulk hogan you've seen Shawn michaels bret hart's won it a couple times uh flair i think has done it before kenny omega was last year dean malenko had did it one year because everybody had a down year so they went who's the best wrestler so dean malenko was a guy one year. i know year. Yeah, they, they, they gave it to the best wrestler they thought in the world at the time which dean malenko's had great matches so um lots you know okada was okada did it you know he was the first non-american guy to do it uh lots of good stuff but the number one wrestler in 2019 is who do you think well, I know who it is. Oh, that's right. Who do you think, Kyle? He doesn't care. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it is Seth Rollins, your universal champion at the moment. Um, he was voted the number one wrestler in the world. Now, Mike, do you agree with that assessment that he is the number one wrestler? Just based off the past year. So I think it was June, or it was like July 2018 to June 2019. Like that span of time, you know. Obviously, because they need time to actually write the magazine and stuff. So, like, I say, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. I mean, do you think that he? Do you think he is the number one guy? Do you agree or disagree? And if you agree, why? If you disagree, give me some reasons. Don't give me a guy yet. I'm gonna ask that in a second. Oh, okay. But just tell me, like, why uh, you are you're with it or you're against it? I agree. Uh, <laughs> well, I have another guy. I know. I don't like. And I know. Without, I'm asking without again. saying yeah. it. Yeah. I like. I disagree. Yeah. Because I think there's another guy that's been better. For than him through this whole year that yeah. they've like yeah. Yeah, had the they illustration out. Yeah. But I do think that if you're gonna go like maybe straight WWE, yeah, yeah he's easily probably been the best. He's been mm-hmm. the workhorse guy. He's there every single week. Right. He's been doing it day in, day out, and he's yeah. performed probably some of the even though the guys he's with yeah. isn't really helping him too much with like the Corbins in, in the right. world and stuff. He's put on really good matches from what he's mm-hmm. getting. Right. So I guess 
Yeah, I would. I, I could argue yes, but I do think. I thought he had. I thought he had a really big year though, right? Intercontinental mm-hmm. champion, tag champion, um, world champion, world champion a couple times, Royal Rumble winner, yeah. right? I mean, he's main evented a whole bunch of stuff. Won at WrestleMania, beat Brock. Um, I think I would have to agree just based off of what he did. I, I regardless of the product mm-hmm. as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Of the WWE product as a whole, I think that Seth has. I think Seth is a guy you can place in any company, and immediately he's one of the top guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think his I impact agree. on it, you know, as much. I I think his mic skills are just average at best, but his in-ring ability is phenomenal. Clearly, I think he had the best year of his career, even when he was champion before. I know he had a good run there, but I think this is really really when he's kind of fleshed out his own kind of path and went, this is the guy. All right, now, if Rollins <laughs> is not your number one, which is clearly you're not, um, who is your number one? Actually, well, I have like two that are like, yeah. and they're, none of them are in WWE. My clearly, dear. I knew yeah. that was coming. <laughs> Um, they're all in New Japan right now. Right. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna say my runner up yeah. is Will Osprey. Okay. Um, I don't think he's ranked at number ten. Yep. Just looking at it. Yep. And I think his in ring ability itself. Right. Would should skyrocket him to the top. Five. Remember though, that's not that's not the only criteria. I, I agree. Yeah. But I think that like. I thought he had a great year for sure. Yeah, no he doubt. had a fantastic year. His yeah. mic work is actually very good when he does. Now, New Japan isn't the type they're, to go... A little more we're, yeah, with it. Yeah. we're not going to go talk on the mic for 30 minutes and then mm-hmm. set up a match. It's just yeah. like, I'm going to fight you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. So there's not a lot of content there with it. Right. Um, but I think he's had a fantastic year. He's been... Um, junior champ, yep. he's been tag champ. Now he's moving up to yep. the heavyweight division. Yep. He was never, never open weight champion. Yep. And he had some great matches like Kota Bushi. He was in the G1 and everything. So yep. I think he had a fantastic year. Had a great year. showing in the G1. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. That, that's also a point to be made. Mm-hmm. But I do think the number one wrestler is Okada right now. Okay. Um, I think from. Can't like, argue with it. Yeah, from yeah. his in ring work yeah. to his mic skills mm-hmm. um, to wherever you could put him against anybody, you could put him. I would say almost in every company, but if you put him in WWE, his language barrier would yeah, be a problem. Would, be hard. But his mic work, like um, from yeah. the language that he speaks, right, is very fine. good. Right. It's just if you went to, it's like Shinsuke when he goes to WWE, it's like you can't really understand him. Yeah, you wouldn't right. yeah. really understand Okada, yeah. but at the same time, he would just put on match after match, five star, five mm-hmm. star. So I think he would be my number one. Do you one. think he gets hurt a little bit because he didn't main event Wrestle Kingdom this year? I think that's probably why. Probably, probably he, yeah, he was in the middle with right. Jay White and stuff, so yeah. I don't think he get He didn't get that, like, star power boost. Right, right. Um, but it's funny because you say that, and Rounds was the opening act. It right. was for a major well, championship. Right, yeah, but it was the marquee match, I think, was, is what is kind yeah, of what I'm going with. Right, you know, it's not the main event, it's not the last match on the card. Every person in WWE would tell you that. I'm like, okay, well then, why is John Cena always on last then? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why do you, yeah. why do, you do that? So um, I think right now... I, don't, I can't honest. necessarily disagree with you. I would say that I think Rollins had... Some, like I said, as far as positioning on the card goes and stuff like that, right? I think that I think the G one show as a whole, I think disappointed. Across, like I don't think that that hit as far as everybody wanted it to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That was a big show. He won the title there, obviously. And I don't think that this reign as champion has been as memorable. And I think it's hard to do because he had such a long reign the time before that. So he held it and he had these great matches. I don't think that this reign has been close to that. Yeah. Which I think is well, another reason why maybe time, it's hard. Though, No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, right, yeah. Well, I'm just, period, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, in that time period, I don't think that it's, even, like, his matches against his opponents who he's had, I don't think has, yeah. you know what I mean? He doesn't have Kenny working with him. You know yeah. what I mean? He, you know I mean? He's beaten, you know, he's going to beat Sonata pretty soon. He's facing, yeah. you know, some of these but that's guys. How, yeah, that's exactly how I feel with Rollins. Though, Rollins gets puts with, like, Baron Corbin and stuff. Oh, I'm right, like, right. Like, yeah. what are you going to no do doubt. with that? No so, doubt, like, for they sure. They both have that same issue. For sure, right, absolutely. Um, let's just do this real quick, because I don't know who this is. I don't know. If they, I don't even know if they rank tag team. Who's your number one tag team in the world right now, oh. if you had to pick one? 
in the world. Ooh, based uh, off of based off that same criteria, win loss record, right? Championships won, um, companies they may or may not have worked for in the past year or so, um, impact, positioning, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff. Do you have one? Huh? Do you have one? I'm trying to like. Oh, uh, jeez. Um, uh, I'm still pre- I'm. St- I mean, I would say the Young Bucks, but the Young Bucks haven't wrestled a ton this year, so I yeah. can't say the Bucks honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- I'm still really big in the USO camp personally. I think they have great matches pretty much no matter who they face. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they had a pretty darn good year for the most part. They were champions a couple times. Um, I would probably put them probably pretty high up there. Um. If I had to say another one, I would say Tongaloa and Tamatonga um, have had had a really great run, but especially in this time period. I mean, they're the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Champs and the Ring of Honor Tag Champs for not like a show. Like you know, usually when you see those shows where they combine titles, they're champions for like a week and then yeah. they drop them back to whatever promotion they don't work for. They were champions and went on tour for like four or five months. Like that's a big time, and they had a great few with the Briscoes, but. I think the Usos or maybe them would probably be my two teams. Yeah, um, um, I would I think, say the Revival, but they're so boring. I think one champions. team that I think you could look at is the Lucha Bros. Yeah, because you can look at all these different yeah. companies that they went to also, and they've been Triple H champs. Yep. they're Impact champs. Yep. they're name a company, and they're probably yeah. champs there. I think they so, were PWG. I could be wrong on that. I think though. they were PWG yeah. champs. Just recently. I think another one too that's low key underrated though. Just as we're on the topic of tag teams, the North in Impact Wrestling. Yeah, uh, Cage and uh, what's his name, Ethan Page, mm-hmm. um, and Josh Alexander. Those two guys, they've been they were used to be known as the Monster Factory, and those guys are fantastic. Yeah. They've been in a couple different companies, not just Impact, and they're killing it. So yeah. I, I mean, that, that's a team that low key could be a WWE tomorrow and be top guys like yeah. low key. I'm going to throw the era in there, too, honestly, just a little bit, because they've been NXT champs for Ever. uh, forever, you know yeah. what I mean? And they put on great matches, mm. you know what I mean? And they're the best, I think, they're the top tag team in yeah. NXT. I would say mine are Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros, first yeah. Teams. I would say either Usos or the other, the, the, just basically, you know, more Simone guys on the other side. <laughs> in Japan, uh, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. All right, let's talk now gotcha. um, some more wrestling stuff, more specifically WWE stuff. Uh, some big news coming in. Now, this has kind of been disputed a little bit, but I'm going to go with it until someone tells me otherwise. That John Morrison, formerly known as Johnny Impact, formerly known as um, Johnny, Nitro. Johnny Nitro, Johnny whatever, hubba hubba whatever. What was he in Neutral uh, Underground? Johnny Lucha? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's probably coming back. It, first off, is this a good move for him? And then I want to talk about some other changes WWE's making. Good move Good move by WWE. Are, are you surprised to see him go back to WWE rather than AEW? Uh, I'm actually not. Yeah. I thought he would be more of a... I feel like that's one of those... I feel like guys who were previously in WWE when this is going to mm-hmm. start now, right. I think is going to tend to go back to WWE instead of AEW. Right. Because I think when if Morrison does go back to... WWE, I think he's gonna get that immediate. I hope push. he does. I hope he does. Like I, I think, really like does. if he starts out NXT, he's gonna be like within two to three months. He's I hope gonna he shows be that. up on SmackDown or Raw and just comes in and just like perfect. Like yeah, I mean that would be awesome. But if he if he guy. starts off at Man, NXT, imagine like, like a Cole could. or Riddle versus Morrison, that'd be a fantastic match. Yeah, but yeah, fantastic. that's what I mean. Like Morrison, I think like within the first two or three months, people are gonna know who he is because mm-hmm. they remember him mm-hmm. from ten years ago, right. and they're gonna go, oh, John Morrison versus Adam Cole. Okay, start that yeah. or Roderick Strong, whoever. Then you right. can go up Absolutely. and get the Rollins and stuff. Absolutely. So I think he's gonna. I think he goes back because he can get almost like a guaranteed push. Mm-hmm. Or if he goes to AEW. 
maybe not as many people will know him, even though if you're tuning in, you might remember him still. Mm-hmm. But and then it's been he a might, while since he's he been. might he might not get the immediate push right away right. from AEW because you got all these like the Cody's, Kenny's, and mm-hmm. all these younger guys you're trying to do. He might get stuck in the right in, in that the middle. Shuffle. I feel it, like he'd immediately become like a Gavin Spears type guy where he's kind of there, but yeah. you don't really know where he's going, exactly. kind of thing. Um, now I want to say this, you know, WWE's now changed up their uh, their commentating booths, right? Uh, you know, which is crazy, Vic Joseph. And a guy I've never even heard of, that other guy on Raw. Yeah, on Raw with Jerry the King Lawler. Then on SmackDown, you got Corey Graves, Michael Cole, sometimes with Renee Young, possibly, maybe, sort of. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Um, uh, everything else is staying the same. But um, And Pyro's coming back, they've said. New sets are coming pretty soon. You know, they have in the season premiere thing, they're really front loading a lot of stuff. NXT's going to have three title matches next week. Is it week. always the new seasons? No, I think this is like a thing. I think they're trying because they got new new commentary. I think oh, they're okay. trying to like fresh start as we go in, and then AEW, you know, as AEW is starting up their new yeah, thing, we're gonna start new stuff kind of thing. Okay. So, because um, I've never heard, I'm like season premium. Like you're on every week. How yeah. how do you have a season? Like yeah. you don't have an off season. That's part of your tagline. But um, what what are you thinking of all these changes for the good for the better? Are is are these signs that they're they're ramping up and getting ready? I do for think this, so for this fight. Do you think with the new commentator because Michael Cole is usually on the, the on, the a, yeah. on the a show? Yes. Is SmackDown moving to their a show now? Yes. I think. Fox. Well, here's the thing. I think they're just trying to make SmackDown feel. It would never will be. Let's be clear. Yeah. But with Brock being there now, right? They're gonna have I think Taker, Hogan, and Stone Cold all on the. They're Open trying to get show. the Rock and stuff on there. I think they're. trying trying to make SmackDown feel as important as Raw, mm-hmm. just based off of the fact that, okay, we're going to put Michael Cole, who's our most experienced announcer out there, we're going to put, we're going to let those guys go. Vic Joseph is the young, hot up-and-comer, yeah. right? Raw is always going to be Raw yeah. at the end of the day, but they're trying to make SmackDown an equal compartment because Fox has so much invested into it. So I think they're going to try their hardest to make it the B show or the A show, whether it happens. Or, I think they're hoping that, okay, Heyman's got Raw. I think that's what they're hoping. Heyman's got Raw. It'll always do. Oh, it'll do good. You know, good numbers, right? SmackDown. All right, there's Bischoff there, but it's not necessarily maybe the best wrestling part of it. You know what I mean? So, all right, we need to front load this, put as many stars as we can on here, and that's why I think Rain stays on SmackDown. Yeah. Too as I another. Too. You know what I mean? So, uh, we'll talk about the draft obviously as it comes up. But is this? Are these signs though? Do you think that WWE is like ramping up for a fight? Yeah. Right I now? Do, do too. you think that like I Vince do. is like yes competition? <laughs> let's do this. I'm gonna put him in the ground. I think it's funny because I'm like, I don't think it's like for, I guess from Raw and SmackDown, it's not direct competition to them though. No, it's not. But you it's, know a, it's a new company on the block that's got yeah. a little bit of cash. Yeah. And because goes, like, oh because crap, they doing, got main TV. Because you're doing like. Even if you say you're like like Kyle over here, yeah. I'm hoping that he's going to start watching AEW on October 2nd, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll start watching yeah. AEW. Because then we can actually talk about it with you. Yeah. But so if you start watching AEW, but that's on Wednesday, and with all these draft brands and everything, that everything's going to be separate, yeah. I mean, why can't you watch Raw and SmackDown and still care about AEW? Right. So so to me, I get you're revamping everything, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm like... I think what I think what I they're trying to do is it's a similar case to... This is the first time, we've talked about this at Nauseam now, this is the first time in literally like 20 years where another company has just secured a national TV deal. Mm-hmm. Like a national TV... TNT is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. No other company since WCW has accomplished that feat. So because of that, I think that they are trying to do everything they possibly can to be like, you don't even need to go over there. There is no alternative. You don't need alternative. You want alternative, you can watch NXT on Wednesdays, right? Yeah. And, and you want to watch your classic WWE action that you're supposed to know, love, and enjoy, yeah. you got Raw, you got SmackDown, right? Yeah. So they're trying to, I think, just kind of 
box you in mm-hmm. almost. Here's content. Here's content. Here's content. Here's content. Here's, like you, you can't get enough of our content. We're gonna have shows on FS1. We're gonna have all these shows talking about wrestling like it's a legitimate sport and all that stuff. We're just gonna throw as much stuff out there to where you you can't take it all in, and there's no room for yeah. AEW. You know what I mean? It's like you're squeezing the weed out. Is basically yeah. what it is. I, I think I, mean? I think AEW benefits almost from that because you can like it's only like a two hour show once a week it's not like AEW's putting out 17 shows a week too yeah so like you can kind of if you want to escape the, i think there's gonna be people that want to like it's almost gonna be overwhelming how much wwe has out there Clearly. and you're gonna go maybe if i could just dedicate two hours a week mm-hmm. to wrestling and just right. put it towards this one show i think you could get fans like that so it's almost yeah, I think there's pros and cons. There's to both, pros both and strategies, cons. Right? I get, I get like your part of it, and yeah. to my part, right? Yeah, absolutely. even to me, I'm like, oh, I can't sit and watch Monday, uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Tuesday. They're gonna have the talk show. I can't watch all that, but I can tune in for right. two hours on a Wednesday night, right? And watch and I, that. And I think AEW is gonna combat, like we talked about before, the the, the setting up a foundation, right? The, after the first couple weeks, after your champions are crowned. There's only so much stuff you can do in two hours, right? Yeah. So to further those storylines, you have to take time to build those characters, yeah. which means TV is going to be kind of boring for a minute yep. there. You know what I mean? So obviously we'll watch that as we go. All right, let's talk now. Let's talk Tiger Talk. Let's welcome Kyle back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Tiger season is basically officially over. Uh, they've officially secured the number one pick again. Woot, woot. Um, so it's here. Uh, I mean, are there any positive? Ta- Let's take the draft pick out of it for a second. Um, is there any positive, positive takeaways from this season at all? Like any, anything? Bueller, no. is this thing on? Is this thing on? Tap tap. Mic check one two. Mic check one two. Mic check one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, asleep. <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah. I think you, there are benefits that you could put out there. Um, Cabrera hitting ten home runs. I mean, good for him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's up from flesh. I don't know. Probably just because he was hurt. That's the sad part. He's, he wasn't even hurt this okay. year. Um, the young guys, you know, um, got playing time. He got playing time. <laughs> Hopefully, they're developing. I don't. I mean, this is a dumpster fire of a season. Yeah. And oh, there's, geez. there's not a lot to take away from it. Um, let, let me ask you this, Kyle. Do you think that this rebuild is going exactly how Alavila thought, or is it worse? Like, did you did like did, looking at if you're if you're the Tigers GM, right, and you're like, okay. We're not going to be very good for the next couple of years, right? So let's let's sell the assets off, right? We'll start clean, we'll mm-hmm. rebuild, and we'll go through this whole cycle that every baseball team does at some point. Um, do you think they're like, okay, we're going to be bad? Are we going to be? Did you think though at any point in time that they were going to be this bad? I mean, I mean, like, this is like they're at like 112 losses or something like that right now. Like they almost set the record for most losses ever. Like it's not good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I highly doubt that he was in a room by himself. He's like, yeah, we're going to sell these assets and then probably go, like, 46 and 112. But then we're going to, like, I don't think that, like, I, I expected him to think that they were going to be bad, not this bad. But, like, yeah. it's the Tigers. They, right. It's the Detroit team. You're bound to be bad. It's, it's nothing new. <laughs> so, I mean, I say Detroit team, like, the Red Wings weren't 20 straight playoff appearances. Okay, but now they're bad, so. Sure and also asterisk to that though, does it? I mean, it's like when people discredit Lions playoff appearances when they go one and done. The Wings did a lot of one and done yeah. in that stretch. Like the last five years were like 
There's yeah. no point. Like we have, we, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, say, yeah. I agree. I agree with you, though. I agree. Um, with you. Absolutely. Uh, same question to you, though, Mike. Did you? Are you thinking if you're LV, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm totally behind like this whole situation, and like knowing what your plan is in the future. Casey Myers looks like a stud. You got some arms down there. You do, yeah. I would say not on the Tigers at the moment, yeah. but everyone that's in your Triple A, Double A in that area has yeah. been producing very well. Your high picks so, have definitely so far have hit. Like Casey Myers. I mean, unless he comes in and he's just awful in the pros, he has come out and really played well, mm-hmm. you know, in his time. And, you know, he I mean, he's risen so fast. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where you can find your positives. Right. From, it's not really on the team. I don't think the yeah, team has sure. many positives. Yeah. I think your developmental stuff has positives. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that maybe at the start of next year you can see some of these guys play Absolutely. actually the majors more and Absolutely. get that experience. Yep. That's what's very important is get Mize in the majors to have right. him experience so he can be your ace when your team's like right starting start when you team. start on that up so you get okay you have three four guys that you've developed are ready to go yeah, yeah exactly so I, I think yeah. that's where your positives come out of the right season. Oh, let's talk let's talk uh playoffs here just for a second uh before we end the show let's do it um i mean there's a lot of teams it feels like this is a weird baseball season for me you know we don't do a ton of baseball on the show obviously because the tigers are awful um, and there's just so many games. There's only so much you can break down. But it feels like this year, this this MLB season, there's either you're either really really good or you're average or you're really really bad. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like you're like what I mean by that is like there's like one there's like there's a couple teams that are like all right 115 wins right, and then the next team after that all right we got like 85. You know what I mean? And the, like, there's a big discrepancy from the top tier teams, right? Mm-hmm. Which is there only a handful, and then the other couple playoff teams are just like, yeah, we're hanging in there, but I don't think we're gonna yeah. do a whole lot. You know what I mean? I yeah. guess that, that was a bad way of putting it. But and then there's teams like the Tigers and the Orioles who are just, holy mother, lord, terrible. Um, we're not gonna do you know predictions, so to speak, as far as series and stuff. But who is your favorite team? Going into this postseason, like give me, give me uh, one team that you're just like, yep, these are my like. Here's like, if you had to make a bet right now, who wins it all? Who are you taking? Oh, um, my bet, I would bet, um, from the American League, I would bet the Yankees. You okay. know, not the biggest Yankee fan, but I do think that there is something to be said about hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah. Um, because I do think that if you can. Especially when the play, if you go later into the playoffs, it's all about your pitching. Mm-hmm. And if you let up three runs, you might lose that game. Right. Absolutely. And Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton hitting those home runs for you. Right. You have very high chance of winning. I think those the games. Twins are another team like that, dude. Twins hit three hundred home runs this year. Yeah. Three hundred home runs. That is a re- that is crazy. Mm-hmm. How many home runs that is? I mean, and I can't name five guys on the Minnesota Twins. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. So you're talking about teams that have depth and who have power. I mean, yeah. that's like that's never happened before. Um, so you got the Yankees, the American League, who in the who in the National League? Um, I have, um, I'll have the Washington Nationals. Really, the that's National League. I think their pitching has been very well, mm-hmm. and I think that's. Where the matchup goes is I go, if you have that A-star pitching, if mm-hmm. you can hold them to less amount of runs, mm-hmm. that's where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there's really, besides maybe the Dodgers, mm-hmm. who can really hit, and they have, I think, the best record in the league right now. Um, besides them, I think that you can pitch your way out of some of these mm-hmm. series. So I think I'll go who you got? Oh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch a single baseball game. <laughs> by any team all season. So here's why. But if I had to choose, I would probably pick the Astros yeah. during the playoffs. 
Yeah, no, they're very good. Yeah, that's a team, that's a team I'm kind of surprised you didn't go with just because you got Verlander there, you got Granky there. You know that those are a couple teams. I think I mean the American look, League has a lot of good teams. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I mean just looking at this, right, like Atlanta, I think has a chance to do it. I think they're a, a low key, you know, a low key team where I don't think people are thinking about these guys um, as much. Like I said, I think the Dodgers for whatever reason, I mean they had 104 wins this year, and yet I don't think anybody's talking about the Dodgers. No, that's what I mean. It's crazy. Every year it's like. Oh, let's talk about how the Dodgers are somehow going to go to the World Series. I mean, they haven't got it done, which is probably why people don't talk about them anymore. But, like, man, like, that's a good baseball team. And they continuously are a good baseball team, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised you can go Astros a little bit just because just of, you know, I mean, the, just the two type, the two top guys off the top. I mean, good yeah, Lord. I mean, fair. along with Altuve and Springer. and um, I will also else. say I have a little hope in, my, in the Oakland A's. Because I love Moneyball. Yeah, like, that's, that's a great. Say, that's a, yeah, but I love Moneyball so much that like they're Jeez, in the playoffs. Ninety six wins. Yeah, I, yeah, I will. Yeah. I will cheer for them. Yeah, the whole time because I'm like, yes, go Moneyball. Yeah, Billy but Dean gets Billy that, Dean gets gets that, that ring. in there. Yeah. Brad Pitt gets a complimentary ring just because he played him. Yeah, I, I, like I said, we'll kind of go into depth more. Hopefully we have a, a special guest on the show in the next coming weeks to kind yeah. of talk more about baseball. Uh, but it's just, like I said, it's just an interesting year. Obviously not a year to remember for the Detroit Tigers, but hopefully we look back on this in a year or two and go, man, remember we only won 46 games? Now look at us, man. We're back in the pennant race and we're you know winning AL Central Championships again and all that good stuff because, you know, we're we, hopefully we good Lord. Yeah, Guys, the Lions are the best Detroit team right now. How do you feel? I, I I've been saying that for two years. I'm like they're the clean closest to winning a championship. Pistons are not nowhere close. Just the way the NBA is set yeah. up, Tigers are awful. Wings are awful. You know what I mean? I think the Wings are the team that people have the most hope for. Yeah, they do. Just because the Lions track history, obviously, and with Eisenman being back, I think the Wings have yeah. the most people saying three years and then we'll be back. Like three, you know what I mean? Like I think, and I, I thought we talked about before on the show where Eisenman's like, and we need to calm it down. All right, it's gonna take a minute. This is a terrible uh, hockey team. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we all need to just sit down and wait a minute here before mm-hmm. we just go crazy and be like, oh, we're going to win Stanley Cup now. He's like, I'm not playing. Let's be clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, obviously. But, yeah, I think the Lions, you know, if we, I'm, I'm just saying this right now. We come in next week and Lions beat the Chiefs. Oh, boy. Uh, call, you know, call, you me, do, call me drinking the Kool-Aid. Cause, I mean, I'm Chiefs, already drinking the Kool-Aid. If they beat the Chiefs, I'll buy Patty Mahomes' new signature shoe and – where, 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 is it show. green like Kermit the Frog because he looks like Kermit? No, it's like white and gold. It's kind of cool. Okay, I can get behind it. I can get behind so it. So Kyle's like, I low-key want it. I, low-key <laughs> I need a reason to yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. All right, guys. Give me a reason that's going to be it for episode 44. For the man, for the Merc Zone, I'm the Mouth of Michigan and the longest reigning, I'm always right, 24-7 champion. And that's going to be it for this week. See you next time.